This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. I saw all the oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Good to see you guys. Yeah, welcome back, Valerie. Thank you. Repeat offender. I wish I knew how to quit you. Yeah, yeah. I know, this is amazing. (laughs) The first repeat offender in the guest category. Mm -hmm. (gasps) That is so cool. We thought it was going to be Stu Gatz, but, uh, you know, he's Stu Gatz, so. Yeah. (laughs) Hasn't shown up since. You'll never see him again. Never see him again unless we pay him. So you guys already did a podcast on this, right? That's what you guys are doing. Valerie, you should be proud to know that you have birthed a whole new extension, the wing of Cinephobe. We're now going to make it a regular feature, the 0.5 episodes where we talk to a guest about the movie. And that was all inspired by you and your weird schedule. Oh my God, yes. (laughs) They included birthdays and friends visiting and shit like that. This is the best day of my life, you guys. This is? Yeah. Wow. It's right here. That's... (laughs) (laughs) Last time we recorded on your birthday, <laughs> but now today is the best day. Now, do you want to just talk? Do you need to talk right now? Like, I feel like some, <laughs> some of these things are worrying me. It's all stuck inside. So this is giving me okay. an outlet, finally. All right, cool. <laughs> your picks have been horrible, man. It's the point. It's the point of the show. Isn't, Isn't it? Isn't it? it? It's Isn't possible. It? I don't understand what this podcast is about. Poppycock. The fuck house. On a weekly basis, we are consuming more concentrated bad movies than probably anybody in the history of mankind. Poppycock. What story? What story? (laughs) What are you talking about? Do you want lunch? I have yet to laugh in this movie. I'll just tell you that. You picked it, motherfucker. (laughs) Just remember that. You know what the problem with Hollywood is? They make shit. Unbelievable, unremarkable shit. So I was legitimately offended. You were offended? I was, a, I was offended. I didn't know you could get offended. I was offended. This did it. If I were gay, I wouldn't be offended. They're fucking making shit up, I mean! Inconsequential detail after inconsequential detail after inconsequential detail. Please don't lie. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm holding a mic in my hands and now I'm talking all over. Welcome to Cinephobe, the podcast where we break down the movies you're afraid to admit you love. I'm Zach Harper, that's Amin El Hassan, that's Anthony Mays. We are joined by repeat offender, Valerie Lebetard, 
as we break down reindeer games. You heard the episode on Wednesday. This is the addendum. Are we actually calling it a half episode of me? I don't like that. Addendum was just a disclosure thing. Yeah. So for reindeer games, would it be like... Throwing darts? The sleigh? Dasher's game? It's a sleigh. The reindeers, they're running. And what's behind it, what's trailing behind it, is the sleigh. So this is the Santa sleigh episode of reindeer games. I don't like that either. Can anybody tell me why this movie is called Reindeer Games, by the way? I feel like it's such a stupid title. At one point, Gary Sinise says, Don't play no reindeer games with me. The titular line. But that's why we were going to make a whole movie around a titular line. That's what we're doing. I think so. I've got a two-part answer for you, Valerie. One, it's Christmas, which is very important, in case you didn't know. It's true, yeah. And two, Ben Affleck's character's name is actually Rudolph. Yeah. Oh! (laughs) Well, I mean, is... His mind is blown, even though yeah. we talked about this on the last episode that's already been recorded. So you've heard this already. And I mean, <laughs> we told him during the trivia that Did you? Nick's, yeah, his, his, his cellmate's name is Nick. His name is Rudy slash Rudolph. St. Nick, Rudolph. Oh. We've already been through this. Wow. I don't oh. mind that blowing Valerie's mind, but your mind should not be blown by this. <laughs> I haven't listened to the episode. You did it. <laughs> he forgot. You did the fucking episode. What are you talking about? <laughs> So, yeah, that's why it's called Reindeer Games, Valerie. This is the first movie, I think, ever to start with a dead Santa Claus. Is that accurate? Mm, and and there were several, but has yeah. this ever happened in a movie? Miracle on 34th Street? Didn't that start with a dead Santa Claus? I think Santa Claus murdered somebody to start that movie, but I don't <laughs> think he was dead. Yeah. That was Miracle on 134th Street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's confusing why it's called Reindeer Games. Um, Ben Affleck, I wouldn't say was killing it, um, in this movie. I'm a big fan of what Gary Sinise did in this movie. Oh my God. So Valerie, one of the big points of contention we had on the, on the pod that we recorded was Gary Sinise. Does he ever play a good guy? Yeah. I said, no. Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan was not a good guy. He was a war criminal. He was a war criminal. What are you talking about? What are you talking about, war criminal? He committed war crimes, war atrocities. They won. He was a war hero. I mean, I think. Yeah. Just like his family members. Right. He he just didn't get to die like they did. Mm -hmm. Spoiler alert. He wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. Really? (laughs) Lost his legs. He's mean to Forrest Gump, who clearly has PTSD. But they're actually best friends. I think you fall in love with his character. Yeah. Look, he comes around, but for the most part, he's a bad guy in Forrest Gump. Who's the villain in Forrest Gump if it's not Lieutenant Dan? Jen A. Oh, wow. (laughs) Oh, no. Stole his bit. What say you to that to mean? All right. He's not a smart man, but he knows what love is. And, you know, she didn't. I don't think she knew what love was. Is Nixon the bad guy in that movie? No, because he, no? he he invites him to the White House and shakes okay. his hand. Right. So <laughs> Nixon comes off as a good guy in Porous Gump. <laughs> Lieutenant Dan, not so much. I'm going to stick to that. <laughs> That's so. true. All right. That, that All right I got this IMDb. Um, he, I mean, he's the detective in Ransom. He's trying to help Mel Gibson get his son oh, back. Wait, I thought hey, he was hey. the kidnapper in Ransom. 
Probably was. Also, ACAB. Well, he's plays de- de- Detective Jimmy Shaker. What a name. Uh, there you go. That's, no one in the history of mankind has ever been a good guy with the name Jimmy he Shaker. He played Harry Truman. <laughs> Truman was a monster <laughs> and a he racist. Play, he plays <laughs> the guy. Well, he's stuck in his ways. He plays the guy in Apollo 13 who's trying to help them. He's an no. astronaut. All astronauts are good. He's the asshole astronaut. Remember, he's fighting with Tom Hanks. Well, Tom Hanks is a nice astronaut. No. Yes. He plays the marshal in Quick and the Dead. Don't remember that one. Was that the one with Jodie Foster? No. Quick and the Dead. Oh, that was with Leo DiCaprio, right? Leo and Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone, yeah. yeah. That was a great movie. The first time I ever thought like, oh, cowboys. Like, that's hot. (laughs) Because I've always just thought cowboys is disgusting because they never shower. I just think they've got to smell. I saw DiCaprio and Sharon Stone. I thought that's a... That's a meetup I wouldn't mind. <laughs> he was amazing at dying there. Mm. The Quick and the Dead and The Ghost in the Darkness were the two movies where I just thought off the title, so so dope. I loved it. I didn't even want to watch the movie. Don't tell me what it's about. <laughs> Ghost in the Darkness is about like a lion, right? Like Val Kilmer hunting lions in Uganda or something like sort that? Sort of, yeah. I haven't seen that. And neither have it's, I. It's I don't want good. to. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to ruin... <laughs> I don't want to ruin it. I like the I like the name. Just leave it at that. <laughs> I mean, he's a good guy on on NCIS New Orleans or whatever he's on. But that's a bad show. So by default, everybody on there is bad. CSI bad New show. York. Whatever. Bad yeah. show. Two hundred episodes. It's still bad. There's a lot of bad people watching that bad show. He's the Smithsonian narrator in uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier. Oh yeah, he is. He is. Is that a bad guy? Yeah. Misleading trying to, though. Trying to get your ass around the. <laughs> they kept the black Captain America out of that museum. How about that? Did they? Now I'm uncomfortable. They did. Didn't they? Well, they retroactively <laughs> fixed it, though. Now. Yeah. After after what? After Captain after America? After letting us know that there was a black Captain America, <laughs> then they put him in the museum. Yeah. Wait, is there a black Captain America? Yeah. There's a whole show about it. Oh, is that with the whole... Yeah. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Black Falcon or whatever? Yeah. All right. We are learning. Coming soon, Gary Sinise as Zach Harper. <laughs> I would be so honored. <laughs> Kidding me? You saw the guns in, in reindeer games. That's the thing. He's secretly jacked. That dude is in shape. So let me ask you this, Valerie. Do mm-hmm. you think he was supposed to be depicted as somewhat of a sex symbol in this movie? I, I wouldn't call him a sex symbol, but he was, he gave something off. Like I was like, I don't know what that is. I'm scared, but I want more. So is that kind of a sex symbol, I guess, where you're, yeah. you're slightly terrified. You don't know what's going to happen next. It's very exciting. Yeah, I'll tell you what that was, Valerie. It was tension, is what it was. As soon as he turns on that light in that hotel room. I like to call him Scary Sinise in this movie. Oh, yeah. Okay. I called him Gary Sinus because that's what my autocorrect kept. (laughs) Valerie, did you know that his name was Monster in this movie? Yes. It took me a long time to know that. It took me about an hour and a half into that movie to know that he was called Monster. Did you think it was weird that with the cockroaches and the jello that the that he was calling them monsters and then mm. suddenly we oh. find suddenly there's a character named monster like i why do we keep using that word good foreshadowing in the prison by isaac isaac, isaac hayes. hayes i was like he looks so familiar and then i was like oh shit that is motherfucking isaac hayes so i was very excited is it good foreshadowing no is it, is it not <laughs> <laughs> welcome to cinephone <laughs> um, all right so what's What's this movie about? It's a heist. Thank you. That, thank you. 
We need to have Valerie on more often. <laughs> I wouldn't mind her replacing you. <laughs> I guess I'm guessing she remembers the conversation she said. You guys popped me on that. Okay, so it's a it's a heist movie. It's a Christmas heist movie. Yeah, there's a love story mixed in. It's confusing. It's, a couple of love stories, really. Yeah, uh, I'm confused. Um, I'm gonna go with just full on heist, though. Okay, I mean, I mean, just motion. There are three love stories. What are those three, three love stories? stories? Yeah, What's there's the, the Charlize and and Nick, Charlize and uh, Rudy, and then Charlize and uh, uh, Monster. Monster, mm-hmm. yeah. I wouldn't say there's a love story between Charlize and Rudy. What? Lust, maybe. There, there's as much of a love story between Charlize and Rudy as there is between Charlize and Gary Sinise. No. Yes. No, 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 no. Yeah. Way more on the Gary. Scary. <laughs> Way more on Scary Sinise than... Scary Sinus. But it wasn't real, just like it wasn't real for Rudy. But it wasn't... No, but Rudy never felt that way about her. Rudy was using her, and she was clearly using him, so there's no love there. Gary was in love with her. Mm-hmm. She was using him. And then, obviously, Nick and Char are actually in love. Do you think in the beginning that he saw a possibility in, like, a love thing with Charlize when he when he left, you know, the the truck and went to go actually see her when uh, when her whatever lover wasn't there? And he came up to her. Do you think that he thought there was a chance of love there? Or do you think he was just trying to, like, get in her pants? Well, if he's lying about his identity, I think he definitely was just trying to get in her pants. Yeah, he fl- I mean, he, he flushed he his He flushed license. it down a toilet. He was ready to give up his identity no, forever. No, he that's, just didn't want that's, to get caught. That's I hope she doesn't go through my wallet. <laughs> right. That's what that was. Has sex ever been described as getting down her chimney by anybody except for Gary that, Sinise? Look. There are certain things that could be, but that's not what they did, or at least not what they showed. So the upper chimney thing, that's what it should have been described as. And these guys pushed me back. Back up your chimney. That's very strange. That just makes me think of in Arrested Development when Lucille is trying to escape on the Queen Mary in Long Beach. And she asks the hot cops dressed as hot sailors if they know how to shovel coal. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's a sexual position. <laughs> Not yes. what they thought it was. <laughs> yeah, the the up her chimney, down her chimney debacle. That's just not good writing. I, mean, I just don't think the chimney should be involved in that conversation at all. Is that a reindeer game? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what the reindeer games were in this. Because I don't even fully know what reindeer games are. Reindeer games in the song are like the games that they won't let Rudy play in. Right. And I'm guessing they're taunting Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer a lot in these games, right? Because it wasn't just like, hey, I can't play. It's like, ha, 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 look at this freak with his bright red nose. You may want to get that checked out. In this movie, though, it almost seems like reindeer games are kind of like crocodile tears, right? He's like, hey, don't don't mess around with me. Like, Don't fake around with me. Give me the the real. Are you or are you not Nick? And so I'm going to guess that reindeer games are games that people play when they're kind of avoiding the truth. Okay. By the way, uh, I wanted to ask you real quick, Valerie, did you watch the director's cut or did you watch? Oh, there you go. So they missed out on. I didn't miss out. I didn't pay for the movie. I didn't miss out. It was the best part of the movie when Dennis Farina (laughs) is talking to the Native American gentleman and he says, you show me another buffet that offers both Coke and Pepsi. Don't even bother looking it up because it don't exist. Now, what else do you people want me to do? And then he turns around 
and like in the next scene when uh Ben a- uh, Ben uh, Ben Aronson <laughs> Ben Affleck <laughs> Ben Affleck goes to the bar and says let me get a rum and cola the guy says would you like Coke or Pepsi I like that touch it was cute it was yeah it was cute and Dennis Green is amazing cannot be worth the four ninety nine absolutely <laughs> was worth it. Uh, Valerie, I asked this question. Have you ever seen a movie that was so bad, but you wanted it to be just a little bit better so that we could get the sequel it deserves? Because I was fascinated with the idea of a prequel to Reindeer Games where we find out why Dennis Farina can't go back to Las Vegas. Dennis Farina is dead. That's why it's a just prequel. leave it there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the reindeer game is that he's alive. Well, that would be a quick sequel. If I can't he go back to Vegas while well, he's dead? Like that's yeah. that would be easy to solve. It's more of a so YouTube video. You cast a young Dennis Farina to play Dennis Farina and there is no young Dennis Farina. Okay. <laughs> he's been the same age for a long time. Yeah. Salt and pepper true. with a mustache always since mm-hmm. he was what four you, years old. What do you what do you think he did in Vegas that got him kind of excommunicated from Vegas? Ooh. I mean, you tried to bring Coke and Pepsi to the same buffet. They said, yeah, not in our town, buddy. <laughs> I, I, I like to think that he stole from the mob. He embezzled money. And that's why this casino isn't doing well either, because he's embezzling here, too. I mean, the way he... Uh, but he's not embezzling. He's not, yeah. There's no money in the powwow safe. I mean, spoiler alert. Just, it's true, though. I mean, wow, the way he kind of like went out like Rambo... Um, makes me think maybe he's actually a dangerous man and he did something in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. He's familiar with heavy artillery. So maybe maybe he was a hitman for the mob in Vegas or something like that. And that's what he's hiding from mm. at this shitbox casino in the middle of Minnesota. <laughs> Michigan. I'm looking for young Dennis Farina pictures right now and they don't <laughs> exist. They flat out don't. There's like either him salt and pepper with a mustache or him hair dyed with a mustache, but nothing, nothing before the age of 50. I think he started late because he was a Chicago cop before he became an actor. Oh, so maybe that's why you can't find photos. Yeah. Cause I was just watching thief and he's in that. And that's like a really early Michael Mann movie. Mm-hmm. And he looks the same. <laughs> he yeah. looks exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> Valerie, how do you feel about Danny Trejo's suggestion that an intelligent country would have a second gift-giving holiday? Christmas, too. (laughs) Uh, Business-wise, it's an amazing idea. I don't love it because I don't love the consumerism of Christmas. (laughs) But... Do, wait, do you not love the consumerism of Christmas or do you not love that Christmas has become a consumer holiday? Like, are you are you mad about Christmas being sullied or are you mad about no, consumerism in general? Ju- I mean, it's just, yeah, I think that we create a lot of holidays for consumerism. And I don't know that it's it's great for us. I guess it's good for the country <laughs> economically, but I think it's it's bad for us as individuals. Wouldn't it make more sense to spread it out over the entire year rather than <laughs> just have the two? We have two holidays yeah. where we do all of our purchasing. I think they tried to, but none of the uh, other holidays holidays have taken as well. Like Valentine's Day. Arbor Day. Arbor Day. Easter. <laughs> yeah. Easter. I heard they had a National Bosses Day. And I was like, why do we need National Bosses Day? Why do we need another day to worship the people that we already have to worship? Every day just to make sure we keep getting a check. Yeah, Valerie, how did Dan make that happen? <laughs> <laughs> he started Meadowlark, Thank you guys. Thank you, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> That's how. Thank you, Dan. Something that really pisses me off, I feel like once a month, 
I see something on Instagram or Twitter where they're like, all right, it's National Pizza Day. It's like yeah. it's every month. Mm-hmm. It's every month, which why don't we just say we have a monthly pizza day instead of making it National Pizza Day? But it's all the time. They have that for donuts. They have that for puppies. Like there's always one of these national days. And it's it's not just once a year. International Pizza Day sometimes. That, they don't eat pizza internationally. <laughs> yes, they do. Oh, they, yes, do? they do. Everybody eats pizza. <laughs> Everybody. I don't think so. Even the vegans. <laughs> Even the vegans eat pizza. They can't say no. It's just too delicious. That's not how vegan food works. That's no. not. That's not. You sure? Yeah, I'm positive. <laughs> that's, Are you certain? Yeah, I am. Want to do this again? <laughs> Valerie, one of the themes of this movie is, uh, central themes, is dirty macking. First of all, are you familiar with the term dirty macking? <laughs> Never heard it. All right. Dirty macking is when someone is going out with someone else and a friend of one of these two people uh, tries to infiltrate. Infiltrate and maybe <laughs> claims something for themselves. And so wow. in this case, even though Nick, quote unquote, was dead, spoiler alert, uh, Ben Affleck basically dirty macked his dead cellmate's girlfriend. Oh, yeah. He's a jerk. That was not cool. He's a villain in this movie. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Ooh, ben Affleck? Yes. Mm-hmm. I would say he's a villain. He's a villain. The only non-villain. The only hero is Jack yeah, Bangs. Jack Bangs <laughs> is the only hero in this movie. <laughs> he's just doing yeah. his job. I can't call a guy a hero who says he can't go back to Vegas. There's something sorted in his past. Oh, you mean Sin City? <laughs> no. Reindeer Games. <laughs> but Valerie, do you have any experience, either you or your friends, being the victims or maybe the perpetrators? Of dirty macking. No, I I don't think that. I, I don't let a lot of people in, first of all. Mm. Like, you, you have to go through rigorous testing to be part of my COVID. inner circle. Mm. Um, so if I sniff something around me that's just untruthful, I'm like, nope, you're out. That's it. I'm, yeah, I don't trust people. So I've heard of smelling fear, but sniff you test, can yeah. smell lies. <laughs> I can, yes. <laughs> what, what's the worst offense committed that has gotten someone expelled from the inner circle of Valerie. Nobody's gotten past the, you know. Once they're in, they're in. Yeah. Once they're in, they're it's in. Like Olive Absolutely. Garden. When you're here, you're family, but it's tough to get in. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. So nothing. I mean, I haven't had anybody do something terrible to me. I mean, unless I was dating them, of course. Well, that's, that's what different. I'm asking. Maybe there's <laughs> someone else, or maybe there's someone that you know who engaged in this sort of behavior. It didn't involve you, but it, you know it happened. Or it happened to them? Oh, uh, my God. I don't know. I have. Let me give that some thought. The reason I say this, I know a lot of people have been dirty macked or are dirty macking. <laughs> so, like, it, it, it's not a, a foreign concept to me, <laughs> knowing of these people. I don't know many people that that's, yeah, that have done that or that that's happened to. I mean, I, yeah, no. Okay. Here, different question, right? So, one of the things that happens, he's out there. He's, he's the highest level of dirty macking there is, by the way, impersonating the person That's that rough. you are dirty macking, right? Oh, but wait, hold on. Special circumstances. What are the special circumstances? The fact that she's never met this person, right? Oh, it allows for that to happen, yes. The fact that he's dead. Yeah, that allows for that to happen, too. And I think once you flush <laughs> your license, you're legally anybody who you want to be. So I do no, think that the special circumstances. Uh, I, I I just think you just named the circumstances that allowed him to get to the highest level of dirty macking, which is impersonating another person. But, Tito, tomato. Uh, yeah. but the question I had was, he, he, he does this, he goes to, to 
dinner with her or, or brunch, whatever the hell they had at IHOP. Coffee. Yeah. And then and and then they go back in the room and they have sex all over and they have sex on the floor and they get the covers and the blankets and the I don't and like the pillows that. on the floor. I and was wondering about that. I'm like, there's a fucking bed right there. Ne- like, it never happens, right? Like I my no. my theory was just if you know some spillage or accident happened on the bed, then I guess you wouldn't want that. But wouldn't you just take the sheets off at that point, sleep on the blanket or something? You can call for extra blankets. Like there's so many options that aren't sleeping on that (laughs) dirty ass motel floor. Like that has definitely not been steam cleaned in forever. It's it's received some steam though. I would not pass the black light test. Mm -mm. But anyways, point being, he does all of this, right? He's okay with it. He even flushes his license on the toilet. And mm-hmm. then he goes to Nordstrom's, or it's not Nordstrom's, what is it called? <laughs> it's supposed to be Nordstrom's, but it's not quite. It's like a Steinmart or something. Like <laughs> or Nord, like, I think it's called Nordstore. I think that's what they yeah, call it's, it. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's some punny word, right? Yeah. Like the, the kind you would find at Walgreens when you're trying to buy, like, oh, I need some aspirin. You mean some wall print? <laughs> <laughs> I need some Zyrtec. You mean wall tech? Yeah. So they're at the store and she's trying to get him a coat and try to get him all this stuff. And it's at that moment he has the panic attack. Or not the panic attack, but the attack of guilty conscience. So my question was, how long would it take you to have an attack of conscience before you have to reveal, look, I'm not who you think I am? He looks at himself in the mirror, for which, first of all, who does that? Like, there's people around. He says to himself, whatever, Rudy. Does he call himself Rudy or Nick? Yeah, he's a big user of the third person in this movie. I think he calls himself Ben. <laughs> ben, we're not going to do this for very long. Um, yeah, I mean, I would never do that in the first place. There is no circumstance that I would ever do that. So Talk to yourself in the mirror? No, that I would, you know, oh, have this Matt. kind of a... Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, was he talking to Nick in that scene? Oh, no, he was talking to Rudy. <laughs> okay. No, I, he talks I think to, he, he speaks in no, the no, third no. person as Nick I think later. he was Nick talking to Rudy. He w- himself was Nick. The spirit yes. of Nick. Oh. When he and sees the Rudy, yes. Yeah. I think that's what was Rudy, happening. what are you doing? Uh, I mean, six days. I think six days of like... It would take you six days to, to have a g- attack of conscience? It seemed like the sex was pretty good. You know? They seemed to enjoy it. Much like the disclosure disca- discussion we had, once you're doing it, I don't know about an attack of conscience. I think you're just you're just doing it, and that's it. This is my life. No, this now. is totally this is totally different. He didn't have a wife and kids. Like this is totally different. He's just a, a criminal. Is it worse? The Which one is worse, Valerie? Is it worse to cheat on your wife and kids? Well, not you're not cheating on your kids. I mean, I guess oh, you're cheating, cheating on, on your, your kids. That kid knew. <laughs> or is it worse to impersonate your dead friend? And lead a woman well, friend on. Friend is aggressive. Hold on. Friend is aggressive. Best friend. Best friends. His best friend. Best friends. Selling. What's worse? Uh, it's it's worse to impersonate your dead friend. Thank what? You. Yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> Strong. I, I agree with that. Oh my god, dude's dead. What's he gonna do? <laughs> well, I mean, the whole thing is that you're also lying to the woman. She thinks you're someone completely different. Zach, you don't see anything wrong with that? I didn't say I don't see anything wrong with it. But I'm a criminal at that point, you know. I'm not a good guy. What's the what's the crime? Rule one: don't me don't don't put a a driver behind the wheel, right? That's rule one. And then rule two is don't put me with my dead cellmate's girlfriend. That's rule two. 
So the two rules of the reindeer yeah, games. Never put a thief behind the wheel. Oh, yeah. yes. So ridiculous. I, I didn't know what you were saying, Zach. I was like, don't I put I couldn't remember the, the fucking thing. I don't know. It's such bad writing. I thought I'd I, So bad. I love that he yeah. took the, he felt the need to take the time to say that, like in that scene, it, of course. It, it was the first time we had gotten any hint that there were rules to these reindeer games. Like that's, <laughs> that's the first rule we're given. If it had been a running theme of like, rules. all right, here's rule two from Scary Sinise, like, like I then I would have gotten it, but unless there's rules in the director's cut, I don't I didn't see him. So he does reveal in the opening scene that he is a car thief. Uh it takes obviously almost the entire movie for us to for that to ever pay off. Mm-hmm. But he's in there for Grand Theft Auto, and he says he's serving more time for Grand Theft Auto in a maximum security prison than some of the other guys there who are in for rape and murder. Valerie. Do you mm-hmm. believe that someone could serve more time for Grand Theft Auto than for rape and slash or murder? Uh, I must have this wrong because I thought that what he told his friend is that he there was like a bar fight and he ended up killing somebody accidentally in the bar fight. Yeah, so that's Nick's oh, story. Oh, that's Nick's that story. He was defending his girlfriend at the time, and it wasn't his fault. And Millie Bobek. Manslaughter. Right. He was just self-defense. Yeah, because he wanted to show that he was a good guy. Conair. It's Conair. <laughs> yeah. It is Conair, right? That's, yeah, that's Conair. Yeah. That's, that's, that's how we get to the con. Mm-hmm. And then into the air. Do you guys know anything about this thing I like to call actor arms? I'm intrigued. Mm. Enlighten me. Actors, for some reason, only work out their biceps. And so their forearms are completely like they have like my forearms and then they've got like biceps. I don't like what is that? Why don't actors work out their forearms? Creatine muscles. Who are you accusing of having actor arms? I thought of it when Ben was doing his pushups in the beginning of the movie. And I was like, yeah, he's got a case of the actor arms. Did you notice his smoking aces tattoo on his arm? I was trying to make out what that was. It was an ace. It was an ace, ace on the sleeve. Ace but it the was sleeve? before the movie. Am I too soon? <laughs> I'm too soon. So, Valerie, I think actor arms is like a 90s, early 2000s thing. Because I think they've probably figured out that you need to work out your whole body at this point. But in the 90s, it was just the glamour muscles, right? That's all you need to tone up. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like forearms are done though because every time you got a guy like hammering something with a hammer or an axe, like we always see these big brawny forearms. That's a new thing, like the the axe, like this swinging a sledgehammer onto a tire. That's only been within the last ten years as like a workout. Really, the Ben Affleck Batman workout is a more whole body <laughs> thing, whereas in this one he's just doing a couple crunches and push ups. You know, that's all he's got going. Yeah, he's on. in he's in good shape. But yeah, like he's not, this isn't a full body workout. Like he's just doing the glamour stuff. Where, right, that's his prison workout. Whereas, whereas Nicolas Cage always jacked like pecs, he shoulders. Knew. Yeah, he knew what he knew what was up. He was way ahead of his time with this with stuff. With many things. You look at him in that tank top in Con Air. Oh my God. Plastic surgery. Yeah. Man, it's jacked. Everything but the hair. How about Gary's actor arms? How was he doing in this movie? Sitting on top of the, the oh uh, on the jukebox, jukebox? yeah. Mm. I mean, he was like when you saw him on the jukebox, you were like, "That man is hell bent on destruction." 
Like mm-hmm. you just knew and he was doing the air guitar, but I think they did put him on the jukebox because he's so tiny. And from that <laughs> angle, it looked, it would have looked ridiculous if he was like trying to be all badass standing so there. So there's a shot in the director's cut of all of them walking together. And what my note was, finally, we see how short Gary Sinise and Danny Trejo are. Because <laughs> yes. you look at them and they look like children. And then Ben Affleck looks like Shaq. Because yeah. Danny's like Danny's like five three. Five oh four or something. Like he's, he's a, a tiny person. Yeah. He's wow. a tiny like, he's, like they play him as like this big dude in all big these personality. Roles. Yeah, so, tiny person, big personality. Uh, Gary's got to be what, like five seven ish, five eight maybe, and then Ben's like six three. Like no, Ben's tall. That. He's tall. He's, yeah, he's, he's like six one, six two. Okay. Yeah. He always looks taller than everyone else in the movie because everyone's so short. Right. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's so short. It's Hollywood. That's. I mean, my my uh, one of my buddies has this theory that the reason why all actors in Hollywood are short is because they were too small to like participate in sports or other activities, outdoor activities. So they had to learn other skills or be models they had to learn other skills. And that's how they became great actors or great singers, or whatever. Everyone in Hollywood is tiny because they weren't allowed to compete physically with the other kids for the short men who have really short arms as well. You notice every, like they get, they get jacked very easily. Very and of easy. course they do because they yeah. have less, less room to push these weights so they can push the weight to, Oh, I only have to do this much as opposed to really extending a, a grown up's arm. So yeah, it's easy for these, for these little guys to get jacked. Long arms. You, you got a long way to travel to push yeah. these weights forward. Your little arms like, meh, meh. exactly. <laughs> it's already extension, full <laughs> extension right here. Right. Exactly. Can we talk about the dart scene? Oh my God. Oh, finally. <laughs> Can't wait to talk about this. Valerie, you seem to very much enjoy what was happening in the dart scene based on on social media. It's the best thing in the entire world. Walk us through your experience of (laughs) of the dart scene. (laughs) This has to be the worst 30 minutes in Ben Affleck's acting career outside of Batman. How long was that dart scene? It was about a minute long. I don't know. God, that was hilarious. It looked so bad. And he was just, he was... The, the eyes I, rolling back. <laughs> I mean, he looked like he was coming. Like that's what he looked like. I don't, that was there was no pain. There was no. He wasn't he supposed to have hypothermia. It's quite a run, Valerie. So he he dives in the lake to save Charlize. He comes out. He's trying to yell at the man who's ice fishing to save him. <laughs> and then, not really shaking or quivering or or shivering that much we go back to the dart room and he's suddenly freezing cold and he was also very dry he's bone dry he's he's shivering he's doing this eyelid thing that looks like he's coming (laughs) but then when he gets hit with the dart valerie not cold anymore just starts yelling no yeah it's pain the pain makes you forget a dart not gonna be that painful I'm not going to say it's going to feel good. <laughs> I've always not wondered like that. Not like that. Like that's, it's not going to be like, I would imagine getting shot with a BB gun hurts way more than getting that dart thrown into your shoulder. And also the amount of force Gary Sinise would have had to throw that with to get stuck in his short shoulder like that. I'm guessing it was metal tip <laughs> darts, not rubber tip darts, but still yeah. that's, I'm calling bullshit on that entire scene. I don't think, I don't think any of it was accurate. Zach, we watched a movie called Smoking Aces where a guy stabbed another guy with a playing card. That I believe more. (laughs) 
That's very James Bond-esque, I feel. The darts or the playing card? The playing card. Do you believe Gary when he said that he was trying to hit him the whole time? No. So he he's a pinpoint that was, yeah. accuracy guy. Because they have a dartboard in the back of the truck. I don't know if you guys saw this. Yes, they do. But he, he's a dartman. Like, he, he is ready to go. So I think he practices a lot. I think he was messing with them. Yeah, that was his reindeer game. Okay, that was his reindeer game. No, he traced him. He traced his head with the darts. Yeah. Like, boop, 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 boop. And then he said, hey, if I want to hit you, I could hit you anytime. And he sticks him right in the chest. I would have proved the point by hitting him right between the eyes. That's what I would do. If I could throw darts like that, I'd be hitting people right between the eyes. Would that kill someone? No. It doesn't get that deep. Between the eyes? Your skull. As long as the dart is still in there, definitely not dead. Maybe <laughs> if you took the dart out, that would be it. No, you might lose the ability to like smell apples or something like that, but I don't think you're going <laughs> to... I don't think it's going to kill you. Is that where the apple smelling That's the part apple of your smell. brain is? Right there. I mean, that's basic wondering. biology. Yeah. I don't know. Sorry, I thought we were all educated here. Why did he say to Ben Affleck, your piss is all you need, Romeo? Like, what did that mean? What? He said, your piss is all you need, Romeo. Is that because it was keeping him warm? Maybe. Oh, that oh. would make more sense. Yeah, just pee yourself? But that's not, that's not. What a mess. Like, these guys just put a mess all over these hotels. <laughs> I do love him calling him Romeo as a derogatory insult, though. Romeo and convict. Yeah. Right? He really mm-hmm. he, he really hammered home convict like he was convict shaming him. And I'm just like, well, that's important because he's not an actual criminal. He's just a truck driver. So he has to separate the who shoots the, people <laughs> and runs guns. He's not just a truck driver. He's a motherfucking truck driver. He's a motherfucking <laughs> truck driver. Right. He's but he's not a criminal. He is. Like, are you only a criminal if you get caught? Is that yeah. what? Okay. Then I guess, right. Yeah. Is that true? <laughs> Isn't it? You have to be convicted to be a criminal? Welcome to Cinepope. I mean, you have to be convicted to be a convict, right? So like him lobbing convict every every few sentences. Oh, maybe that's it. It's like, oh, you got caught because you suck. Oh, yeah. Mm. Like you suck. Yeah, you're bad you suck at, at being a criminal. Mm. Yeah. Right. That's a good point. Valerie, uh, we, we talked about the dart scene, the eyes rolling back, the bad acting in that scene. But- was it worse than the bad acting when Nick dies in prison? When he's guard, Jesus guard, guard, guard. Yeah, that was also terrible. But the dart scene wins. Like that wins the the worst acting award for Ben Affleck ever. How did the darts get in his back? He's sitting with his back to the wall, and then he's got two darts poking out of his back at one point. No, because there's a point where, well, maybe this was in the extended cut. Oh, but oh yeah. He hits yeah. him and he <laughs> winces and he and he turns away and then he just keeps throwing darts in his back. Mm-hmm. It's that director's cut, man. You director's gotta, cut. Yeah, we didn't get to drop that bag. It's yeah. like 20 minutes longer than the other one. That's why I didn't get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the director's cut can answer the dart in the back question, but it doesn't enlighten us as to the all the twists and turns of what make this heist functional. So Valerie, did the heist make more or less sense by the time we learn that Nick is involved from the jump. I thought it was so ridiculous being explained the entire, the whole thing by this person at the end of the story. It was just like, what is happening right now? It was just, I thought. Previously on Reindeer Games. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what it was. Yeah. It's so cheesy. I thought they could have really been a little more artful about that. <laughs> Wait, are you the voice that does previously on Cinephobe? Hey, you dipshit, we recorded it. <laughs> I wasn't there. 
I was, I was like, I think about like, where did Maze get this voiceover guy? From? He's amazing. Wish, I just wish. No, that, like, I, just <laughs> wish. I don't know why he didn't ask me. I can't even begin to tell you the frustration I have with you as a human being. Like I, I just, <laughs> we. <laughs> Never mind. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're, not, we're talking reindeer games. Okay? We have this a is not a reindeer game. We have I want to play. Just pull ourselves yeah, together. We, yeah. All right. So focus. Can we talk All about right. the cameos, you guys? I'd really yes. like to talk oh, about the cameos. Yes. Yeah. What do you got? All right. Do you guys know who Dana Stubblefield is? Because this oh, is yeah. incredible, incredible that he is in, serving 15 years in prison right now. Right. Right. Foreshadowing. I was amazed. Did you guys see Walton Goggins? No. What? Did you see it? Where yeah, he's he? in the beginning. He's one of the guards, the prison guards. Oh, oh no. Shit. Yeah. Gotta go back. No. I'm friends with Walton. Again. And by friends, I mean I see him at the dog park a few times, and he once kept stealing the ball away from him and his son having a catch. <laughs> he just kept running over because the kid his kid wasn't very good at catching, by the way. Aww. And uh and so and so my dog was just chasing the ball whenever he missed it. And he would just run and grab it. And then I had to go get it from my dog and then hand it back to Walton. And it was, but he was really nice. That's a really it. sweet moment you shared. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I didn't know he's in this movie. Just basically shit on the guy's kid. Well, he's not very good. What do you want me to do? They were going to Greece in a couple of weeks. It doesn't matter. Right? <laughs> They'll Overheard be fine. some conversations. It's not a big deal. Oh my God. TMZ over here. <laughs> TM Zach. I was also Zach. amazed that, uh, Clarence Williams the third is in that movie. Did mm-hmm. you guys? Okay, yeah. you guys spoke yeah. about this. That Repeat was amazing. For us, yeah, yeah. But by the way, Valerie, he's, uh, he's not just in the film. He gives us this great speech where he says, "Keep on running, Romeo. Keep on running uh-huh. as far as you can go. We're truckers, motherfucker. Yes, we drive for a living. Yes, that doesn't make any sense. We can do this all night, all day. Like that doesn't yeah. make any sense. You're not." Long distance runners, you're long distance yeah. truck drivers. Yeah. That's Quite not the, the opposite. Same thing. You spend your whole day right. not exercising, sitting right. in the car. Exactly. Yeah. What does that even mean? It means they got no quitting them, is what it means. It means that there's no road too long for these motherfucking truckers. I've driven 14, 15 hours in a day to get to to my parents' home in Salem, Oregon, right? I've done the whole trip in a day before. I wouldn't say that, like, yeah, fuck it, I'll run a marathon. That's not how that works. <laughs> Did you uh, enjoy seeing Ashton Kutcher yeah. make his cinematic debut? I don't know if he was doing anything before this or was this his debut. I thought. I think he was just a model at this point, right? He, no, he was doing that 70s show, but like okay. this was his big screen. Like, remember back in the days, this was a big thing when someone this who was a TV actor. Butterfly Effect? Yes. 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 Dude, Definitely. Where's My Car was like his first real movie. Butterfly Effect was after he like, okay, let me start making serious movies and not being a dumbass. Like there's a whole and how long did that era? Yeah, that worked last? out real well. Yeah. <laughs> they went back to TV. Did they yeah. really need to cast somebody for that scene? Because all all it is is you see him walking through the casino, and then suddenly he's wearing the clothes of Ben Affleck. No, 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 no. So this is yeah. where the director's we cut. This. You guys didn't <gasps> get enough. What? Yeah. Because in the other version, Ben goes in there. He slams him against the bathroom wall. It says. Because put these clothes on for a hundred dollars. Oh my god! Okay. Yeah, he like gives him a hundred dollars to like change clothes, but he slams them against the wall first. And the most confusing double incentive since Swordfish, where they put a gun to Hugh Jackman's head and had a girl suck him off while he had to crack the code. <laughs> I just feel like one doesn't really impact the other, so we just pick one, not do both. Yes. The, uh, doing both would just confuse me. <laughs> Right. And you got to be a good hacker. Look, if you're confused during the hacking process, you're not going to make it. All right. 
Much like I'd be confused. Like, are you beating me up or are you paying me? What's happening here? Take my money. The best part was that they walk into this small casino in the middle of nowhere and there's a guy with the exact same preposterous facial hair that they put on Ben Affleck. And they're like, yeah, that's a perfect doppelganger right there. Absurd. Bingo. Freaking absurd. All right. Valerie, you you did this before, so you should be old hat at this by now. Acting their ass on, acting their ass off. Who are your nominees for both those categories? I'm going to go best, Gary Sinise, obviously. Worst. Assless. Assless. Ben Affleck, worst. Wow. Worst. What about, okay, let me push back on you. What about the guy uh, in the count room who gets shot and he's dead on top of the money, but his hands are up in the sky like a cockroach. Charlize walks by and grabs his hand. Why? Why? Was she like, let him know like, yo, these motherfuckers need to be down without like losing the tape. (laughs) That's pretty bad too. Yeah. Good nominee. Golden dumpster. The scene that basically stole the show for you. It could be good. It could be bad. Where are you going? I'm going dart scene. Hands down. (laughs) I mean, you picked Coke and Pepsi in the same soda fountain. Yeah. Zach picked don't play no reindeer games with me. Yeah, that's that's how we knew what it was. And I picked Danny Trejo reading Business Week and proposing (laughs) the idea for Christmas 2. Christmas 2. Valerie, did you know that... Donald Logue in this movie was supposed to be Vin Diesel. Yeah, I did read that. That's interesting. Better or worse with Vin Diesel? Better. Better? How? Is he still an alcoholic, do you think? (laughs) Vin? Is he maybe just working out in the back of the truck the whole time? I think he's Dominic Toretto. I think he's, he's doing research on how to steal these trucks and rob them. I think that's why he's a trucker. Instead of a bottle of brandy, he's just got a Corona. He's just got a Corona there, yeah. I think he would have been distracting in this movie. I mean, he's always distracting. Yeah, he's and like, Gary Sinise would have looked not as big and scary, maybe. That's true. Yeah. Did the movie end with Ben Affleck saying, believe this, and then he closed the door on Nick? Did, is that how it ended? Was that the last line in the movie? Believe this? Oh, no. Then he walks like 47 miles dropping off cash into people's Money. mailboxes and talks yeah. about how he just wants to be home with his family and eat leftovers. They bring that back. Then he goes home to his family. Oh, my God. <laughs> For his turkey. In this bloody, dirty Santa suit that no one has questions about. And I think <laughs> at one point... um, I think he one point he goes, you may remember I said, I'm not a holiday guy. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, from before, I get it. I, we're going full circle. Yeah, wouldn't stop talking about the turkey. It's so annoying. Before we get to Fober file, Valerie, the pool scene with Charlize and Gary. Mm-hmm. And where they, we find out that they're not brother and sister. Right. They're man and woman. <laughs> Was this a twist where you're like, oh, no, I didn't see this coming? Or were you just kind of bored? I was bored. Yeah. Yeah. Follow up when they kiss and then he says, Ma and Pa aren't going to like this. Did you for a split second say, wait a second, are they brother and sister? And <laughs> I, did. Just- <laughs> I actually did for a second. I was like, oh, there's something kind of gross happening here. <laughs> That's a better movie. Yeah, it is, right? It's a like, better movie, it's, right? It's so crazy. Yeah. There's this incestuous <laughs> relationship. And especially just to convince her brother to then do this for her her boyfriend yeah nick like i think it's a better movie that was a better sex scene by the way that was a way better sex scene than the one previous 
In the hotel? Yeah. The pool sex scene was better than the other one. Valerie, how surprised were you that this motel both had a sauna and had room service? Huh. I didn't, I didn't note that. That's a good note. Yeah. Valerie, would you ever, if it looked like relatively safe, would you ever eat food off of someone dis- someone's discarded room service tray? No. Like how drunk would you have to be to eat those freaking chicken? What was it? Fish sticks? It was like a chicken tender or something. Oh my like God. That. Yeah, how drunk or, or, yeah. or just starving would you have to be? To eat somebody's... Like, why not both? Hey, the truckers, <laughs> motherfucker. You know? Yeah, the truckers. Like, anything goes. They got to go. They can get. <laughs> We're truckers, motherfuckers. We could eat room service leftovers <laughs> all day. We drive for a living. <laughs> I like the idea of bringing up irrelevant parts of your life to explain yeah. stuff like... Hey, can we crack this safe? We're truck drivers, motherfucker. Of course Drive we can. Drive for a living. Yeah. Drive for a living. The powwow safe. The powwow safe, yeah. Oh, and then that uh, he had to say pow. Wow. Like, we yeah. wouldn't get it. Like, <laughs> Look, it's, it's, a, it's a high caliber. like it's high concept, movie. man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, Valerie. Phobe or file for reindeer games? Just tell me, because when you say phobe, is this like a movie that you would never watch again? And file is like, I would file this as like one of the movies I would watch again, basically. That's how I tend to approach it. It's like, if I wouldn't watch this movie again, it's a phobe. If I would, it's a file. Okay. Now, it, but it's it's kind of ambiguous. It's up to, you know, whatever you want it to be. It's really up to you. You've established that you phobe disclosure. Yeah. Right? So you have that as your barometer. You can still change that. If you want to go back on that, you can still change it. <laughs> Stop trying to get me to change it. Um <laughs> I think in this movie, I would only watch for the Gary Sinise parts. Like I couldn't get enough. I kept rewinding and going back to the the jukebox air guitar scene. That <laughs> might have been my favorite thing in the movie besides the dart scene. It's great. I love him so much as Scary Sinise. It's the best. I'm so mad I didn't think of Scary Sinise. That's brilliant. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> he was terrifying. Yeah. He always is. And sexual. Until he stood up. I mean, <laughs> he's, just, he's an action figure at that point. <laughs> Put him away in your toy bin. <laughs> oh, hello, Mr. Sinise. Oh, who left you out? <laughs> like, God damn it, Jimmy. Pick up your Gary Sinise. Put it away. How many times do I have to tell you? Boba five, Valerie. I'm going to... Well, can I phobe it and then say if it's on, I'm only going to watch it if Gary Sinise is on the screen? Like for that scene. I just want to remind you, if you file it, you no, did no, phobe no. disclosure. I just right. want to remind you of that. So That's okay. I can live with that. But yeah. I'm actually going to phobe this. I'm phobing it. Wow. I know. I know. I was counting on you, Valerie. I know. <laughs> yeah, it means the only one that filed it. I can't file it for the one scene that I love. I can't. Can't do it. Yeah, you gotta have some standards. I well, but there were plenty of scenes to love. You loved all the Dennis Farina scenes. I love. Oh God, I mean, I, I do love him. But can I? Yeah. Should I file it just because I love Dennis Farina? You love Gary Sinise. You love Dennis Farina. There you go. What more? Also, do you need? remember, Valerie. You see this thing on TV. You're not going to see the director's cut on TV. So you're not getting the Coke or Pepsi speech. Oh, that's a good point. That's not in the regular version. Hmm. That's tough, but I am getting the the thing I missed with the director's cut. Threatening a man with $100. I'm phobing it. Phobe. It's a good oh. choice. You guys phobed it as well? I phobed it. Maze phobed it. I mean, filed it. Yeah. I thought it was, I mean, it was entertaining. 
I was into the story. I wanted to know what happened. I wanted to see how he would get out of it. Were you surprised at the end? The twist? Yeah. yeah, I was. I didn't see that twist coming. Nick's still alive. How about that? I was surprised, <laughs> but it made me much angrier. I was yeah. very angry. Especially when I heard the whistling. Yes. Right? I heard the I thought, oh, you gotta be shitting me. That was my reaction. Not like, oh, Nick's alive. I was like, you got another reindeer here. game. <laughs> whistling. What was that? Because it was a Christmas song. Mm-hmm. I thought it was Isaac Hayes. Because I was really upset that Isaac <laughs> Hayes died I so know. early in the movie or, or then die or whatever. And I was wishing he'd be back. And then I found out he was back and I got excited again. It was kind of like we watched uh, Delta Farce for, <laughs> for Memorial Day, which hasn't happened yet. Still spoiling it. Still oh, spoiling shit. it. Still okay. hasn't been out yet. Yeah. Still not out. Well, am I cool. too soon? <laughs> All right, Valerie, before we get out of here. We're going to run through Ben Affleck's dating history. All right. <laughs> and you have to yes. fover file those relationships. It's the end of Affleck month. Been in the news for it recently. So we're going to take it back all the way to the beginning. Cheyenne Rothman, 1990 to 1997. They're high school sweethearts. They met at summer camp. Then Goodwill Hunting. She's cut. The end. Mm. Graduated mm, to Gwyneth Paltrow. Jesus. All right. Met at a dinner party. They were off and on. They made Shakespeare in Love. They made Bounce. She's coming off her relationship with the <laughs> the actor that your dog is named after, Brad Pitt, when they had the same hair. <laughs> she was with Brad Pitt? Yeah. What the fuck? Look that picture up right now. They have the exact same haircut, Zach. That's true. Did you guys know that Gwyneth Paltrow claims to have been in yoga? I did know that, which I... Amazing. You know what? I, oh, wow. They do have the same haircut. <laughs> <laughs> I might get the same haircut as Aaron. You know, this is kind of working. She also claimed to have invented uh, mask wearing or making it cool, at least in America. Long before the coronavirus. <laughs> She's great. She's fearless. I'll tell you that. She told Howard Stern in 2015, I think my parents appreciated how Ben's super intelligent and really, really talented and so funny. But he was not in a good place in his life to have a girlfriend. I think they were OK with the two of us not being together. Are we phobing or filing Ben and Gwyneth Paltrow? Phobe. Phobe. Big phobe. Next up, Benifer, 2002 to 2004. Met on Geely. File. Huge file. file. <laughs> Huge file. It was Geely. Oh, Rubbed my God. ass in the music video. Remember That's that? That's true. Oh. Do you know why their wedding was postponed, Valerie? 9-11. I don't. What? No. no it's No. <laughs> That's your answer for everything. <laughs> am, I, am I too soon? <laughs> they were going to get married in Santa Barbara in 2003, but the media attention was so excessive, they were planning on having three doubles of J-Lo in her wedding dress just to throw the people off the scent. And it was just becoming too chaotic, so they broke up, even though there's still some love there. That makes me think that this is all planned. Like, I think mm. this might not actually be happening. This Benefer stuff. Or the previous 18 years were all planned, right? Yeah. Like, do this, go to A-Rod, you know? And then, like, they were just sitting in bed one night watching baseball. (laughs) He's like, A-Rod's the one. That's the one. Watching baseball (laughs) while Mark Anthony played on the radio. Yeah, exactly. And and, and Ben's just like, I got an idea. Now, hear me out here. (laughs) It's a little hot around our wedding right now. So, this is what we do to cool it off. Where'd he go after J-Lo? What happened then? Next up, 
was another Jennifer, Jennifer Garner. Mm, Jennifer oh, they two. got married. 2004 to 2015. Yeah. Met on Pearl Harbor in 2001. Made Daredevil together in 2003. Future callback. My too soon. Nine months after Benifer, he took Jennifer Garner to a Red Sox World Series game. Is that a good public first date, Valerie? The World Series? Yes. Like if Dan had if Dan had taken you to a Marlins game. Yeah. It was like one of your that first dates. Debut. Is that like not, that sounds like you want to break up with I, you. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be uh impressed by probably anything sports related. Sorry guys. I it's not my thing. So he took me to a zoo and that was like my favorite thing ever. <laughs> so okay, there you go. If there's animals involved, I'll be happy. That one it was is it that one that's off the Oh, it's probably the Ron it's the Ron McGill Zoo, yeah. yeah. So it was like oh, private yeah. tour. It was like <laughs> yeah. amazing. I thought it was Paratopia or whatever the that's fuck what that I shit is. At first, I was just thinking of the drive. I was like, oh, I remember driving by that thing, and that's now never mind. <laughs> oh man, I was going to invite you to the We Bought a Zoo episode in the future, mm. but it doesn't qualify. It's a bummer. That piece of shit don't qualify. They were married in 2005. They separated in 2015 amid reports of Ben's gambling and alleged liaisons. But he still denies banging the nanny, Valerie. Are you with him? Oh, my God. I didn't know there was a nanny involvement. What is with the nannies, people? What's happening there? She's there. They're They're around. Disgusting. Like, are you guys that uncontrollable that you just like, I, I just mean all men because this seems to happen a lot. Like what? What's the deal with the nanny? Is she's just there, and so it's easy. I mean, we saw in disclosure, you know, like you snap, and then it's just whoever is the first person around, they draw your ire. Mind blowing. Yeah, Valerie, if if you've learned anything from disclosure, the women take the men to the breaking point to where then they want to have sex with the nanny. Right. It's always the woman's fault. That's true. That's according to Michael yeah. Douglas. Especially if you're yeah. <laughs> Rebound from Jennifer Garner was an SNL producer named Lindsay Shookus from 2017 to 2019. I didn't see that one coming. I'm Shookus. Shookus pretty well. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that. I don't remember that at all. No, you don't. Who is yeah? He also had a fling with a 23 year old vet tech slash Playboy model named Shauna Sexton. Oh, 21. Wait a second. What did you just say? Playboy model slash vet tech. Yeah, she was a <laughs> dual role. Wow. <laughs> 23 year old. Oh my! Lindsay Shookus is a four time winner of the. Wow. Okay. Then there was uh, an affair with Katie Cherry, who we met on Raya. This is when you know that the Raya phase started in 2019. And then, of course, Anna de Armas, which was 2020 to 2021. Oh, yeah. They met on Deep Water, which is a sexual thriller from Adrian Lyne that still hasn't come out yet. Adrian Lyne did Indecent Proposal and Fatal Attraction. Did you enjoy the paparazzi photos of the two of them where she's just laughing hysterically at every single thing that he says while he drinks a Dunkin' Donuts? His relationship with Dunkin' Donuts is great. Does that look like romantic bliss to you? Is that, is that what it's all about? I don't know. I thought that he was coming out of like some kind of a hole with that relationship. So I, I, I guess I was a little bit happy for him. And they split because she wanted kids and he didn't want any more kids. So now. No, it's more nanny involvement. You can't have yeah, it. Yeah, it's a trigger for him. He's just protecting himself. Better for two? Do you believe it's happening, Valerie? Or are they back? They went to Montana? I'm skeptical. I feel like the way that they that Hollywood used to sort of like plan these relationships, I feel like J-Lo does this. I think that she, you know, there's evidence of her um, uh, calling certain, um, whatever you call it, like calling certain 
whatever outlets in order to get this out there and, and to take certain photos, like they're calling the people to get the photos taken at the right time. It just seems a little bit planned. I see a picture of them in a car together and I'm just curious. What do you think they talk about <laughs> in a, in a drive? <laughs> like what's that conversation? I think he oh, listens like at home or anything. He listens to her. That's probably right. Yeah. There's probably not a whole lot of like J-Lo is saying, so how was your day? I don't think so. Isn't he drunk all the time? He's not. No. I have this wrong about Ben Affleck. He's either drunk or drinking coffee. Didn't you say that he went to rehab or something like that? Like that's why he he made that movie about the alcoholic basketball coach. So he could drink? I can drink on screen. This is amazing. (laughs) I'll make character (laughs) pitch. Brando, look it up. <laughs> it's called method. Method acting. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that he's drunk all the time. I think that's a wild accusation to throw out there. I feel like TMZ did that because he likes to smoke cigarettes. I don't know. So Val, you're saying that that Benefer Two right now is purely a fabrication. That they're just feeding the press right now. There might not actually be anything there. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I couldn't. I couldn't disagree more. From February 2021, Ben Affleck gets candid about lifelong battle with alcohol addiction. He filmed the way back while still in the early stages of his recovery following his treatment. Quote, so yes, I'm an alcoholic. Yes, I had a relapse, he told The Hollywood Reporter. This is from February 2021. Now, I don't think that means he's drunk all the time. (laughs) I think it just means he has a problem with alcohol. Yeah, that's true. Look. Having a problem with alcohol and being drunk all the time are not mutually exclusive. Watch a Dr. Drew show just once, I mean, okay? Look it up. Why, is he drunk too? <laughs> Might as well be. <laughs> that fraud. Don't even get me started on that fraud. All right. Well, Valerie, this has been fantastic. So we're filing Benefer one. Are we phobing everything else? Yeah. Phobing everything else and phobing the Gwyneth Paltrow relationship. But yeah, that's an easy phobe. That's the e- we can sweep that one. That's the easiest phobe of all. Valley, thank you so much for joining us for this addendum 0.5, whatever we're calling no, this. <laughs> thank you for playing these reindeer games oh, with us. Oh, that's cute. Thank you, guys. Next time we make love, you introduce me to Jade. I'm not good enough to just invent it from whole cloth, you know? I didn't have to do research for the alcoholism aspect of the movie. That was covered. It was the Daniel Day-Lewis approach to that. Now, Maze, please clip in when Amin asked about eight minutes ago. Isn't he drunk all the time? (laughs) The Daniel Day-Lewis approach? His quote. That's not... (laughs) Daniel Day-Lewis hasn't been drilling oil his whole life (laughs) for There Will Be Blood. No, you don't but know. you don't know what he does. But what what did he do for my left foot? He like he lived without his lived left in a wheelbarrow or foot something for yeah. <laughs> a year. Yeah, he wore wore a peg leg. When the movie is happening, he's in it. But Ben Affleck's like, yeah, I've, I've been drunk my whole life, so I'm ready for this part. Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice at Caskers.com. We make this experience easy. 
Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. <laughs> 